Maybe we should uh, start here as our first podcast. Yeah, man. I like, I always want, like, we'll just sit down and start talking. So that's fine. We'll put that on the, on the first podcast. But uh, we're going to, I'll just say, I'm Blaze Weller. Uh, ooh, should I say Ray? Yeah, should I say for, Ray? I'm, I'm Ray Jorgov. What, what, or should what, I say Lachazar? I say La- I got two names, bro. All right. Well, go ahead. Legally, I have one. My legal name is Lachazar, so, you know. That's fucking badass. And so, you've told uh, me that uh, before, but... Yeah. So yeah. how do you want to introduce yourself, jackass? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, let me think about it. I guess it depends on the mood. Uh, no. It's cool, man. Uh, I'll go by Ray. Let's go by Ray. Okay, so let's I'm Ray. Do this again. <laughs> I'm Blaze Weller. I'm Ray Jorgov. And together we are yeah. the film, film dicks. dicks. There we go. We think. We think that's We think it, it's a working title. It's 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 in It is a working title. Name in progress. And we're, we might as well explain it right now. We mean we're being facetious when we say that. We don't actually think we're dicks. We can be dicks, but we're not dick dicks. And the whole point of it is, yeah, it's a hook. I don't think either one of us are into branding that much. Like, I think branding is overreached, and I'm sick of that shit. But in some of what you'll learn on the podcast is aspects of storytelling, the craft of script writing, etc. And you should have a hook. The title should be a hook. So Film Dicks, I think, fits that. And we are being facetious. We're going to be humorous. The whole point of this podcast is Ray and I enjoy sitting down and talking and talking about film but just in general we're not doing it scenario reason other than i enjoy the company uh and i think that a lot of what we do talk about sometimes it's educational but it seems it's always entertaining and if it's only entertaining to me i don't give a shit but i do think that's i think that's how most people think yeah and so to explain the dick part a little bit more, um, you know, film noir, uh, private dicks, what we're doing is we're going to pick a film for each episode and we'll get around to talking about it eventually like uh, we were just was going on before. But, you know, the primary goal in my mind is just to enjoy each other like we do when we're hanging out. So many times we're hanging out and I'm saying, we should record this, we should record this. And so that's what we're doing. So the dick part is, yes, it's a hook. Yes, we're being facetious, and we can be dicks about uh, who we talk about and what we talk about, but we're also investigating. We're trying to get down to the story. What is happening in this film? What's behind the story? What's behind the scenes with the with the actors? Maybe. I mean, it yeah. just depends. Yeah. But it's like an investigation of any film. Yeah. I don't know. I, that was a pretty good explanation of it, and... I guess like a side note to that is, like you said, we're being facetious. We're going to sound like assholes sometimes. Dicks. And you, and dicks. We're going to sound like dicks. We're going to sound like dicks. And <laughs> it's weird. Because like you, you know, putting stuff out like this in the public space, it, everyone's going to have a different opinion sure. on what we say. So we may sound like dicks to people when we don't intentionally try <laughs> to sound like dicks. But, right. You know, but and one but, of the threads is going to be no fucking policing. Again. Ray and I like each other. We've worked together, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But the whole point of this is to be entertaining, yeah. uh, at times comical, but we're just we're just trying to enjoy. We're giving you our opinions at times, and we're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're authentic dudes, and I think that's important to stay in age. But we're not trying to, to necessarily lecture people lecture on stuff. Lecture or yeah, anything. Not, no, and no. we don't... And we... <laughs> 
we resist uh, lecturing or policing of any any sort. So we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with that. We're just gonna have fun and talk naturally, and we're gonna say shit at times. It's controversial, I'm sure, but that's not the the focus of this. Yeah, I don't think we have any like malicious intent. No, with this never whatsoever. No. Yeah, that's part. Of it. Like we're, we're gonna talk about this. The intent again is entertainment. It's going to be instructional at times. Maybe I'm sure. Well, mostly on your part. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, that's not true because you're also an actor. And with that, let's. We decided. Ray and I decided that we're going to introduce each other. We're going to like tell the audience what we think of the other person. So, do you want to start, or you want me to start? Uh, whatever. You, I don't. What, I'll just however start. you feel. I'll just start. Yeah. Okay. You were on so, the roll, so. So to it. give the audience a physical description of this man before <laughs> me, he is what. If Clark Gable and Jason Momoa would to somehow be able to have a baby, <laughs> that's what I picture Ray as. He's a handsome dude. He looks like a linebacker, but he's got that look of Clark Gable and Jason Momoa. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. And how I met Ray is I was working on a, my production. Uh, I created a series uh, called Fixate. It's a psychological thriller, essentially. Stalkers Anonymous is what this is. And in the, in the group is a serial killer. But during shooting, I had an actor who is kind of fucking up. He was an alcoholic. I guess that's the way he dealt with distress. And I was in a tight spot. He was showing up to shoot drunk and unable to perform his duties as an actor. And so I went back on the search uh, of an actor. And I had seen Ray and uh, a lot of short films uh, and films in general and he always he was he's a striking dude and he always impressed me with his abilities so i kind of interviewed him did a rehearsal with him and he was he was perfect for the position and uh, so to give you more about ray he's a hell of an actor he's one of the easiest actors i've ever worked with he always showed up on time uh he knew his shit he knew his lines and one of my favorite things is he would ask questions about the character to dive deeper in into the character to make sure that he was being true uh, to the script and, and what the intention was. He was just, he's a professional. And as it continued down the line, Ray became intricately super important. After the production was over, going through the editing, I went through a lot of shit, a lot of uh, turmoil in my life, uh, part of it was uh, a couple of deaths um, around me. One of the uh, main actors who I wrote the part for, as as my brother, I, I play a part in this in this too. And I essentially wrote half the script was about him, was his kind of personality. So I wrote this part for him, and he is a was is a mentor to me and a dear friend. And uh, he passed away as I was going uh, through the editing. So I kind of like was in a huge depression. And uh, Ray yeah. stuck with the project and he stuck with me and he uh, checked in on me. Um, like it was, it was about once a week. And he kept like following up and making sure I needed anything, make sure I was okay. And he just instills like a good energy. And so kind of helped me get through that and kept me going when I was like really down. And then from there, I think our relationship just like it got it got even better and stronger because once I got out of the depression and we're near completion of uh, pilot, Ray and I just 
became good friends um, in part because, you know, you took me out of that hole. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we just hang out and be goofy. We're like, uh, so another way to put this, I think Ray and I together are like 12 or 14 year old boys uh, at times, the way we act and, and what we say. But he's from uh, uh, Bulgaria and that, that, his uh, kind of culture comes comes through in ways which you, I think you'll just feel and see in, in the in the podcast. Yeah, okay. is that is that a good? Uh, I think that was good. I think that was good. Okay, your yeah. turn. My, my my turn. All right, yeah. Let me introduce Blaze Well. I think you did a much. I'm humbled by the description you gave me <laughs> about me. Thank you. Appreciate Aww. it. How do I describe Blaze? Well, he's currently wearing a sweatshirt with an E T shirt. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> ET phone home, yeah. Yeah, man. When we first met, I still remember, I, I think we talked over the phone. Like, we had, like, kind of like an interview over the phone before we ever met in person. And it was because you had found me through those kind of films. short films that I was doing. Sure. And, you know, at the time, I was just kind of not second-guessing what I was doing. Because I was still in, like, we were, I was in school still. Uh, and I was studying acting and all this fun stuff. And uh, not that I was having like a career crisis or anything worried about like, am I doing the right thing? Because I, I, I'm sure we're going to touch upon this at some point in the podcast about yeah. how like this industry as a business as a whole, how it kind of, it's a lot more mentally taxing on people in either, I mean, whatever field in terms of like, whether you're an actor or a director, writer, you know, um, Absolutely. The camera operator. Whatever position you have or are going for, you know, within the film industry, it's just, it's very mentally taxing. And I'm sure we'll discuss, like, kind of our ups and downs with it. And because it's a, it's a consistent, it, it, I feel like it's an ongoing thing with people. You always have to fight it. And that's one thing uh, we can probably, talk, from my experience as an actor, is like when it comes to like auditions. And I took classes uh, about that as well, how to deal with the overwhelming rejections that you will in receive during your path. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, going back to when we first met, I think somebody else had reached out to me uh, and said, might have been Fabio, might have been Fabio that reached Good out man. to me and said, hey, uh, Blaze Weller, uh, he said, you know, this guy Blaze Weller is looking for an actor and he was really interested in you. Uh, he wants to set up a meeting. And so we talked on the phone and I think we were trying to set up a meeting and that kind of maybe didn't work out the first time. And then we finally got together and, and met and you told me about Fixate and the project. And I don't know, I mean, I had a gut feeling like just listening to the, uh, just the, the passion you have for it and all the information and just the hard work that you've put into this is really what reeled me in. Uh, and then, of course, and like you're reading from, like about the character Eddie and all that stuff. Yeah, man, you're 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 a hard worker and you have gone through some like really uh, crappy stuff. <laughs> I, I just put it that way. Some crappy stuff. But you're dedicated to your craft and you know what you're doing clearly. And I don't know. I was just happy to be brought upon like to be on board with this. And honestly, I was going to say, dude, when you were going through that kind of depression period, honestly, it was more like a symbiotic relationship at that point. Because like, yeah, I wanted to help you see this through. And I think kind of like selfishly is like as much for you as for me as well. But like, 
I was going through some. I think I was going through some stuff at that time as well. That's right. Okay. So we were kind of like that. both yeah. going back and forth with like, yeah, we're in this kind of like crappy place right now, but we have this one thing that we're doing that we're putting together that we have a lot of passion for and we, we, we want to see it through. So that I think that was a really big kind of driving force. Yeah. yeah. And when you, when you talk about all the other stuff you have in like in your head and like stuff that you have written and want to like eventually kind of get to and yeah you're you're professional so it's awesome to like be <laughs> in your company Sweet. and kind of like learning from your side of of, of things because i'm you know i'm just like i'm an actor you know yeah uh we don't have well i might get some <laughs> clap back from what i'm about to say but our job's not that hard is is actors to an extent to an extent you know yeah. uh, all we have to you know we of course, memorize lines and, and we learn our characters because I want to like delve into other like aspects of this. Yeah. Like I, I, I since we're specifically talking about film, the the film industry, I think it'll be cool to be like uh, able to direct one day or write my own screenplay one day. But I don't feel I'm at that stage yet. I feel like I'm still growing and learning as an actor, but it helps to be surrounded by other people that do the other side of things. For sure. Because I feel like it, it's kind of like being a little, kind of like a little kid. You, you still learn by just like observing. You know, oh. you pick up little things while on set. Uh, maybe you don't realize it at first, but like maybe you do one production and you kind of sit and observe. And then you go to another production and maybe you kind of just jump in from time to time and maybe you have either suggestions or just like able to help out if they're kind of like struggling yeah i think that's uh, i don't know honestly i don't really know where i was going with that but well i think, I think it's a good it's skill like, to have i guess like a skill it's awesome to be on a set and to just learn from you guys and i did learn a lot from you guys uh and especially you know from you being the um on fixate being not only an actor but also a director and the writer behind all that stuff and i think also being a professor like you have a grasp a way of like getting things across the to people that's easily accessible and digestible hopefully not too professorial because there's a lot of assholes in no no, no. <laughs> collegiate. i don't think you were ever like have to well say. actually i i have to step in and say here yeah i'm a professor of uh uh taught creative writing and to me the natural progression of writing was uh filmmaking i've done a lot of what do you say scholarly even scholarly work on um uh, films and uh mainly adaptation uh you're going to hear a lot about that because uh I'm a <laughs> coen brothers freak and we'll probably do about a hundred episodes on no country for old man that was, that was my <laughs> favorite film and i always have like favorite you know i always say it's in my top five but there's like probably 100 films in my top five and it, it just changed and go on but um one of the things that will happen is what well, was we'll just it, they'll fucking see the you know there'll be an instructional element i definitely whatever we look at like for sure yeah for sure and I, again i think that's what we're kind of going for here is kind of like a nice little balance yeah of the common or the like the layman way of like looking yeah at this stuff and then a more kind of like I think um, this is going to be enjoyable to people because we're coming from so many levels. I hope so. We're coming as 12 <laughs> and 14-year-old boys. We like to goof off and drink and whatever. We hate policing. We hate politically correct bullshit. And that's all going to come out. But you're going to get background information to, to films. But you're going to get actors' point of view. 
mm-hmm. a director's point of view and a writer's point of view, yeah. and all that's going to be mixed. And again, the, the, this is probably a little this introduction was a little sticky or a little, a little too r- professional for us. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as like a first time, like delving into this endeavor, you know, it's going to be like it is mm-hmm. what it is. So yeah. So uh, do we want to start talking about the first film we decided to? Well, I don't know. I was thinking maybe like we're going to go on too long about it, but maybe like give the abridged version of like what made you like want to do this and like oh, okay. what inspired cool. you to be like, hey, creative writing and film. That's the thing even, I want to do. I didn't think we would go in that direction. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. Well, I figured it's an intro know, episode. Why not? Absolutely. It's cool. I think. Um, like I said, right, I've been a writer for decades and for over two decades since I was a kid, I, was, I was wrote and to me, the writing world is, you know, it might sound cliche. It's not cliche. It doesn't matter. I read to know I wasn't alone. I came, I've come from farmers, kind of small town, not kind of, small town. <laughs> and I never felt, I always felt like, I didn't feel like I was an alien in the world. I felt it was my fucking world, but that everyone else was alien. Like, they had come to my planet. And so reading, for me, was a way to discover about the world. I was never satisfied with just uh, what was right in front of me, uh, right or wrong. Doesn't I don't, I don't think it matters if some people aren't that way. But for me, I had to investigate. I need to discover, et cetera. And, uh, you know, there's you'll hear me say kind of small town thinking. There's great things about small towns. And there's also ridiculously, I don't necessarily want to say prejudice, but just, you know, kind of that social whim or or forces that say, oh, you must stay in this place and be this person Mm -hmm. and do this thing. And so reading for me was my escape. I would read and authors from all over, I'd get a different take. Um, I I tell my students all the time that one of the reasons we read is to know we're not alone. You know, that's been said many times, but... We read to know we're not alone, but we also read to know that we're human. The main part of a story, generally, conflict is something happens, something's wrong. Uh, somebody has a flaw. Somebody has a desire. And that, to me, is all that part of evolving and the search, etc. So, to me, it was kind of like a saving force was to hear people from all over the world um, and their thinking and their thoughts and how they dealt with their own flaws or how characters dealt with flaws mm-hmm. or their desires, etc. And then as I kept reading, you know, I became a writer myself. And to me, the natural progression of writing, writing is a very specific language, but you're in it. You're, I call it, the, I use the analogy of the cave or uh, Plato's, uh, you're in the cave. And you're by yourself with your story and your mind and you're churning through this. And one sense, one great thing about film is it's a collaboration. So you come out of that cave and you're taking your material to the public and to actors and to uh, uh, cast and crew. And you're you're working this thing out. But regardless, even if I didn't direct or I just wrote scripts and sent them on, film is the natural progression of writing. It's a whole nother language that I, everybody knows as a reader, your your experience as a reader is completely different than as filmmaker. As a reader, you're using your own brain, your own imagination that the author is guiding. In film, mm-hmm. you're guiding that imagination to a certain 
to a certain degree or a, a larger part because you're showing them what you're doing. And um, I also tell my students, they always, people forget this. Before you ever see anything on a silver screen, somebody had to fucking write that. Somebody had to be in the cave to do that. But the language of film, again, it's the natural progression of writing. So I just, for me, I'm always looking to push myself and push the limits or whatever to, to see what, what's next. What's, what, what else can I see? What else can I learn? And so that was the natural progression and i'm a very i'm a very visual writer anyway so it to me it just it was it was fairly mm-hmm. easy that jump or that well i and and i feel like i might know the answer to this because you, you touched upon it earlier but was there like a specific film that you saw that you were just like yes this is where my like you said kind of natural progression is taking me towards like because I, you saw I have- like I have to do this. Yeah. Mostly the quirky films, the films that are definitely more drama than like action driven films. But I, I still love action film as long as there's, you know, as long as there's a flawed character, a character that, you know, there's a I story. I mean, you don't just character. like things exploding, car chases. <laughs> I love and explosions. And the, well, the best car chases, French Connection. I, I love that shit, but you, I have to have, uh, it's got to be character driven for me. But for me, I would say, uh, how Ashby's Harold and Maude, uh, Rushmore, Wes Anderson's Rushmore, those kind of films, The Graduate, just Mike Nichols' The Graduate. I just, I saw that and the amount of emotion that that mm-hmm. evoked in me that I never got anywhere else. I was like, I have to fucking do this. I have to do this because I can see the things that I write and I want to put my vision on the silver screen. I mm-hmm. want to make people feel like these other people made me feel. I didn't mention my other favorite is uh, Billy Wilder. He's the okay. yeah, greatest yeah. writer in film, for sure. Nobody's better, maybe as equal, but that, that kind of character-driven, you know, you feel that emotion from what you see, and actors did it to me, too, you know. How about you? What what? Well, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I think it is due to the fact that, like, because of the movies I saw that were eliciting those emotions from me, that I was like, I don't know, it just like opened up a whole new like world. You know? Yeah. It, it, and I gotta, I gotta do this. Yeah. To be yeah. Part of this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a '90s baby, so a lot of the films I grew up with was kind of like, I'm not saying like towards an end of an era, but it was like. Kind of was like the late '90s, early 2000s. I love it, the air kind of shit. Yeah, and then kind of like the new stuff that we've been kind of getting for the past ten, maybe fifteen years. Kind of started becoming so-so. Yeah, I would agree. And, yeah, and, and in my opinion, has definitely kind of gone downhill from there. <laughs> and but we can we can we can talk about that later. But what film um, specifically? In the but 90s? you know, it's it's weird because I remember. We were still in Bulgaria, so I, you know, we, we emigrated in 2002. But I remember, you know, when we still lived uh, overseas, that oh my gosh, it's it's hilarious. But one of the films was Titanic. Oh, um, I remember coming up because I have such a vi- I, maybe because I have more, it's of, a, okay. more of a vivid memory of watching it than than actually maybe feeling something about it. It was, I guess, my first introduction. Into kind of like Western, well, not that we're not Western, but you know what? Like American media. I I say that like Hollywood, like introduction to Hollywood. Absolutely different. Bulgaria is Um, less Westernized than the U.S. and whatever else you want. Other parts of Europe. Well, that yeah, like 
culturally speaking, yes. Yes. Um, so that's interesting. But that was the like Titanic. My, it was like Titanic. And then I remember being taken to see like the first. And, and th- that was maybe before, right before we flew over. I went and saw like the first Harry Potter movie that they put out. Like that was like 2001, I think. Oh, I like love right me. the year before. I love me some Harry Potter. Um, I love it. I think it's the shit. The movies or the books? Both. Both. I think the films yeah. are great. Not. I, I mean, the films there's too. certain that now I like the. Uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Prisoner. Prisoner of, of Azkaban. Azkaban. That's my favorite too, man. Shit. That's I, my so favorite many people's too. favorite. And it's so great because it was like such a. It's there was something about it. There was like a tonal change in the movie. That, that exactly. It just made it com- like. I mean, the first two are like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like that kid adventure feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. But then it got like a little darker and more mature yes, with the it, third it, one. It is more, yeah. But that was one of the movies I was introduced to. I remember seeing the first. So how? Stephen Summers, Stephen Summers, Mummy, the Mummy remake, like the Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I like Brendan Fraser fucking, too. Oh my, I love. I, I, I was saying again, people are gonna be like, "But right, those movies." I'm like, "Those are no." Okay, hey, so he's, he's, he's he's fucking good. I love, I love. Oh my god, he's got a <laughs> lot of great works. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to, to to circle back, so to, to give you an idea, I guess I grew up on more. I'm more of the like adventure kind of like genre yeah, no, loving cool. guy. So I, I love don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, but I'm going to interrupt, and we're, we're going to do this, and you know, interrupt. You know, I don't care. What age were you when you saw these films? Like maybe um, around like five, six. Real, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Then that makes sense. You, um, you had a five or six year old brain to think yeah, that the yeah, Titanic yeah. was good because I think it's a piece of shit, <laughs> which we'll talk about. But well, listen, so you're five years as, old, I, so as I, I rewatched it, yeah, as you got I was CLO, uh, Kate. <laughs> I for, yeah, I forgot her uh, last name, but yeah, it's as yeah, I got older, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> not that it's an awful movie, but like, I was just like, oh, this is like. Okay, is them like are we doing something? Like, like the movie yeah, doesn't. My really, criticism of it is Jesus Christ. Like it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of talking it's, and talking it's until cliche dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, God, like to the. But I people like love the, it. The kind of the, the old woman in the beginning. Yeah. And the lost yeah, yeah, jewel, yeah, 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 but yeah. God, it took so freaking long. It was like, a lot. Of, yeah, it was a lot of talking and not really a lot of like. And not Leo's best performance by any means. <laughs> um, I used to but, call him Leo DiCrapio because of the <laughs> Titanic, um, but I since I I, yeah. I admire Leo now for the most part. Although I think you know, you know we've talked about this. We'll we'll do we'll do Pike. We'll do like episodes just on that where Leo stretches and uh, uh, pushes his mm-hmm. his acting. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I didn't think that he was, and and I think he's now he's back to doing it. That's um, fair. Yeah, I, I let, let's be honest. I think a lot of actors who are like pleasing on the eye for the most part are like that's like the first thought people have, rather than like their acting skills, pleasing like what the they're bringing to, so, to the table. So you're, so you're admitting here to the audience that you're attracted <laughs> to, to Leonardo. Well, no, what I'm saying is like the mo- I think average people, average viewers, that are like fans are like. No, I know what you're not, saying. Because I used to like. I, I, I would I, I went I went on tangents about Leonardo DiCaprio, is what I for the Titanic, and I would say, what is the fucking craze or fanaticism? Yeah, and well, girls and some right. men would say, well, it's he's not hard to look at, like, right? Said, so, right. Yeah, but whatever. But that, and that's kind of where the split is between like. 
people that are not in this industry or like focused on like studying and like doing this craft they right. just like they yeah, just want yeah. they just want to watch it to be entertained Good versus point. us that are like you know have a more insightful look into the, all this stuff for sure um but yeah man i uh i was about five and six watching all those movies jurassic park was one of the first like the first jurassic park was one of the first movies i was introduced I, to I still that's just throwing to me and i'm pretty some sure are, for a second stupid but fucking do, dinosaurs i'm in yeah yeah because <laughs> that was one of my gigs as it a kid. blew my mind as, as a kid it blew my mind you, uh, i honestly thought there was an island with dinosaurs were you fascinated like, with somewhere. fossils and stuff too fabio you yeah yeah, yeah everybody. all right dude, everyone, cool. everyone was yeah. i thought i don't know and of course uh indiana jones single-handedly yes. yeah, because yeah. of those movies i almost wanted to be like an archaeologist wow and then i found out it's that not actually mean. like yeah what he does <laughs> not every archaeologist gets to like immediately go to egypt or the egypt or, or like you know the fighting on boats and trains right. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. running away from tribes in like south america and just, yeah yeah it's not what it's cracked out to be no offense to we're, any archaeologists. We're sorry, you poor archaeologists. Yes, yeah. it, it, it's very uh, more on, on the educational side. Very, a lot of reading and a lot of maybe. I mean, we don't really writing, know, but yeah, I, 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 there's a lot. Of, well, there yeah. are a lot of people going to the field. That would be awesome. I would definitely yeah. be in the field. Yeah, yeah I would love time. to be in the field. Yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of those movies, man. That kind of, I guess, opened up my imagination. Yeah, to like the world you can create. And being part of, and again, share with the world. And that's another thing that you were saying is like the human experience. It, it's I love the fact that that you can take that and stretch it across all genres of of film. So you can have you you know your more kind of like down to earth, more grounded dramas, and then you can have like your sci fi and your fantasy and all all that other stuff. But the story that you're telling and the journeys that the characters go through is universal. Through, through all of them and uh, well said that's a great articulation and like for, for example uh, i'm not a i'm not a, like a huge trekkie but the newer star trek films they're fucking phenomenal because they're doing both the character journey character arc and focus on individual characters and really giving us like insight and that kind of emotional feel on top of incredible fucking action. Like, there's nothing I fucking love seeing, like, a fucking spaceship crashing into another or, like, crashing on a planet and that whole, I, I don't know, tractor beam laser where they're set up on a, they're on a moon and they're, like, shooting down at, at another point. I mean, it was just, that was incredible. And that's that's uh, Star Wars, you know. I kind of grew up in that uh, yeah. generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars... All of that gave that kind of, I don't know, sci-fi, whatever you want to call it, but action that's that was incredible. It was, like um, a, it was a lot of like adventure and, and a lot, now that I'm actually thinking about it, a lot of like coming-of-age stories. Because I, I know we were just talking about Harry Potter, and like at the heart, that's a coming-of-age yeah, story. Yeah. And I think that's what helped kind of like bring up that generation, like my generation grew up with that like so it'd be like a lot of a lot of millennials that grew up with harry potter which Um, thank god again thank god because because what she did i mean it's bringing people back to the focus of love and like an inner strength you know like it's just so badass it's so cool that that's that that exists so you said coming of age and it's it's coming of age but it's also teaching which is coming of age. It's just another way of saying it. Teaching younger folk 
how to be adults or how to be men and women, like um, upstanding, courageous. I mean, yeah, courage is part of it yeah. for sure. But it's it's more than just the typical what we've kind of pushed into the term of coming of age. It's like kind of teach us how to be good human beings, you know, and kind of how, how to be adults, which is, again, coming of age. You're mm-hmm. going from innocence to uh, I, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to say reality, but maybe a different reality when innocence is uh, sort of dissipated. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, but man, let, wait up. We should have made that a short story long. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's cool because anyway, I, didn't know that. I didn't know about yeah, that yeah. about you. Well, again, it was a, screw you, audience. Yeah. Like, it's good to know more about Ray, and that's like what, what we're doing. But, here. but that's the, yeah, that's the well, that's really the kind of stuff that drove me to uh, really. I wanted to be part of those worlds, and I think at a young age you can't be like, oh, that means being an actor and like you know being putting on these productions and storytelling and all these aspects of it. it's like. And I, know, I was like a six, seven year old kid. I'm just like, I want to go there. Yeah, like, this place, have... does this place exist? I want to go there. I want to play in that world. You know, right. I want to exist there. And so, you know, it wasn't much later towards kind of like middle school, high school that I, you know, really learned about all this kind of stuff and was drawn and did some high school theater and eventually went to college and studied, you know, decided to pursue acting. But I think. Again, I think it'll be nifty to be able to kind of like do, be like a jack of all trades with this stuff and like be able to do everything. Yeah. I think that makes you more, I don't want to sound like, well, I'm going to sound like, already going to sound like a dick, but like it's going to make you a more valuable member. That's being not, able to contribute in that manner, being like that's not an actor and a director yeah. and like. And what's cool and one of the things I didn't say about you is that you're naturally curious too. And so it's not that. There's nothing wrong just with being an actor and focusing on being an oh, actor. Oh, no, not at all. Focusing on a writer yeah. or whatever. It's it's fine. And you everybody does it different things in life. But the fact that you you know, you want to know these other aspects and you're interested in them, I just I just think it's I think it's what every human being, you know, should be grasping for and like searching for. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's it's pretty much it about me. <laughs> it's good. It's good to know. So those were the the films that you saw as a kid, Harry Potter and the Titanic. Oh, and, oh well, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then you came. When did you come to America? What age were you? Uh, six. So six, did you so see those in... films in Bulgaria? Some first? of them I did. Okay, yes. and then you yes. came over here, and then what? What was well, that? Well, I, I I have to like also mention the fact that Lord of the Rings. That's like oh, that's my yes. number one, and I was <laughs> I always say that is my number one favorite uh story i can't say trilogy because it's one full story split into three you know what i mean right yeah, yeah. but like i love those the peter jackson movies they're like i don't know it's weird to say near and dear to my heart for like <laughs> for a film but like that's one of those like that touched me uh in terms of like story and i think i wasn't registering it at, at that young of age like the um the deeper more meaningful stuff right. within it, but I think I, I collected it subconsciously. Yeah. It didn't hit me until later on, but well, that I think was that one of the with, with everything with stories, uh, with films, etc. You go back and you look at it like Clockwork Orange. Every time I go back to that film, mm-hmm. I see something different. Or you know, as I've aged, 
it has a different meaning at a, at a different age, yeah. et cetera. But and, and I think that's I think that's also going to be another thread we might be following is why those like films still are like oh, revered and hold up today. Yeah. Because like looking to the future, like ten maybe twenty years from now, like I don't know if a lot of the stuff that they pump out today is going to be like on that level as like. Those yeah, I know agree. Movie. I don't think it so is. So there's going to be a, a lot of like movies that are still going to stand the test of time for a reason. Um, and then we can we can delve into that yeah. later That's on. That's why I but... love listening to Tarantino. I think Tarantino is the mm, shit. Yeah. And he talks about errors. I don't know if he uses this specifically, but we kind of... we It's like a revolving wheel that goes around. It's like inevitably we things become generic mm-hmm. or be, start becoming generic or mm-hmm. uh, the social order starts policing and, you know, restricts things and like independent films kind mm-hmm. of stop becoming independent and fall apart. And then eventually there's a resistance to whatever the hell is happening. And then we, we start anew and more fresh uh, writers, filmmakers, etc. Uh, come through and mm-hmm. I love Tarantino for that because he talks about it too but yeah definitely I think we are in a we're kind of in a I'm not going to use the term <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I'm not but slump, s- I, I say slump we're maybe. in a slump I'd like slump. to say something a little bit of policing or forcing certain tropes uh, in, yeah, in films not. and uh that's I think there's a resistance that's already starting, or mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a resistance. Like, man, I just want to write a story about a flawed character, and I'm not going to be politically correct in doing it. Like, you can't, have, because, you can't have a flawed character if you're fucking being politically correct, or you're making sure that these elements are in there. Like, that's your focus. It's not right. the story itself. And again, character driven. Like, well, if it, you're true to a character, right. You're not going to be police, or you're not going to be told what you can and can't do. Well, if you do that, that's if we're going to, again to the core of it. It's deviating from that human experience, because we're like yeah, even if it's a it flawed character, regardless of the character, when you're telling a story, you know, I, I I think the best stories told are ones that you know anybody can can relate to. Yeah, they're universal. Right. So it doesn't matter, you know. And when the big the big machine right now is telling us what has to be in place, right? Yeah, to, there's what you yeah. have to have, what you have to do, and I'm resisting it for sure. Yeah, I, mean, my, I have characters are flat out racist, um, or or are confused. They don't know. They don't. They're like stuck in this new place, or how like the social order has changed, and they don't know how to function in there. And so like that's like kind of the kind of the struggle but mm-hmm. i resist it in my writing i tell my students too you cannot be politically correct if, if you're going to be a good writer um and if you're really going to create characters that are flawed etc how the how the fuck can you be how the hell can you be politically correct or uh policed into a certain mm-hmm. you know we must this must be the end result or you have to have these kind of characters, etc. I don't know. I don't want to go too far into it now. But, <laughs> yeah. um, it's a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. Boop. Boop, boop, boop. So we uh, have gone and uh, did our piss break and gotten our beers. And by the way, I'm going to end this episode. This is the, the only rule of this house is all y'all... 
when you finish your beer, I want you to rinse out your cans or your bottles because I fucking recycle. I'd like you to put them in the recycle bin, but I'll do it. And just fucking rinse out your glasses. That's all you got to do. Just don't leave shit all over the place. But anyway. PSA uh, over. <laughs> yes, that PSA is over. But we're going to we're gonna wrap this up. Um, it was delightful. And yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Enjoyable with me. I think it was a nice intro to kind of give the audience a gist of where we're going to be heading uh, and then where we're coming from. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't do it this time because this is kind of our introductory podcast. But more than likely, we're going to each podcast, each episode after this will be focused on a, a, a certain film or a certain actor's work. And we'll just we'll just go in a direction. We're not we don't have any set format or structure other than we will pick a film uh, each week or each episode. And we'll just we'll go with it, what whatever it feels right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, next week, we'll, you know, we'll be delving into actually what we are aiming to talk about. Yes. So less for about sure. less about us, more about the oh uh, for sure the film. Good point. Good point. <laughs> um, and we'll just be you know if it is anything about us, we'll be making fun of each other. Or, I'm or sure. Ripping on. <laughs> so that's our uh, that wraps up so our our little intro. Yeah, our intro. First podcast. Um, let's say it together. I'm Blaze Weller. <laughs> I'm Ray Jorgov. And yeah. together we are the Film, Film Dicks. Dicks. <laughs>